listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. As of 6 p.m. today, or 11 p.m. British time, Britain will become the first nation to leave the European Union. It's been a four-year-long saga, and after much debate, the European Parliament finally approved the terms of Britain's departure. So, what happens now? How will American firms, the European Union, and other foreign interests be affected? What are the social and political implications? Here to tell us more is Kyle Handley. He is Associate Professor of Business, Economics, and Public Policy at the Ross School of Business at the University of Michigan. Kyle, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, Stephen. Thanks for having me on. So I think lots of people have a general idea of Brexit and what that means since it's been in the news for years, as I said. But explain to us briefly the significance of Britain leaving the European Union. What does that actually mean? So in the very short term, it's not going to mean too much because nothing is really going to change because of their transition agreement. But in the longer term, uh, it's, as you already said, the first country to to leave the European Union. Um, And that sets kind of a precedent that it's possible uh, to exit some of these major trade agreements. And there are other countries that might want to do the same uh, with respect to the EU or with respect to other trade agreements uh, that they're, they're currently in. And so more broadly, it kind of means that we, we may have entered a new era where some of these uh, international organizations that we've taken for granted for the past five or six decades uh, are not as stable as they once were. And so will this have an effect on the union itself going forward? In other words, are we likely to see other nations say, well, I don't want to be part of this either. If people can think back to the beginning of the EU, there was something really ambitious and visionary about this idea of common currency and open borders and things that that I think progressives in Europe were really excited about. Of course, it's played out a little differently than that over time, but this seems to be a low point uh, in in the narrative about the EU. And I guess I wonder whether it is a precursor to to other dis- you know disintegrations of of what they started. Yeah, I I think it definitely could be. Uh, there are other you know politicians in different countries in Europe that have also suggested well you know, maybe we should leave the European Union. And uh, that then creates, you know, a lot of uncertainty for, you know, the people that live in those countries and the businesses uh, in those countries that have been operating for some time now, uh, knowing that, you know, they have free movement of people. And so if you're a German firm, you can hire uh, a French worker and there's, you know, not a lot of, you know, immigration and paperwork that you have to do. And likewise, you know, you, you can ship goods back and forth across the border, set up a supply chain, not have to worry about, you know, lots of hassles with customs and things like that. Well, once, once these agreements are viewed as more temporary, every decision that, you know, a, a business is going to make uh, might be, you know, a little less uh, a- ambitious to kind of use uh, your, your word here, mm-hmm. uh, that they might say, well, we don't want to go uh, open a large factory in this other country in Europe because uh, they, they might eventually 
leave the European Union. We don't know who's going to be the prime minister in five months. And so they either do nothing uh, or they act much more cautious. And I think that is uh, potentially uh, going to be kind of a drag on, on economic growth and investment and employment. Uh, throughout the European Union. So let's talk about Michigan and sure. the United States. Is this something that will see affect companies here or even regular consumers? So uh, I don't think regular consumers uh, here in Michigan or the United States as a whole will see much of a direct impact from the UK leaving. Uh, but there are plenty of businesses uh, in Michigan and throughout the U.S. that do business in the United Kingdom and the rest of Europe. And they, you know, set up supply chains, opened up factories, opened up operations, you know, throughout Europe, knowing that, well, if we set up a factory uh, in the U.K., we can ship goods throughout Europe, you know, without having to pay tariffs. And that looks like it's no longer going to be the case. And so uh, there are certainly U.S. firms that are affected by this. Uh, there is one kind of bright side to it, which is that it may end up being the case, and we won't really know this for another uh, year or so, that the UK leaves and fails to you know, cut any kind of new trade deal with the rest of the EU countries. And that would mean then that if you're a, a German firm or a French firm or an Italian firm, uh, you're going to pay tariffs if you export goods uh, you know, to, to the UK, or, or to be more accurate, so UK uh, buyers would, would pay tariffs on stuff that they buy from Germany and, and, and France. And that could actually be good for some uh, US firms, and, or, or Michigan firms for that matter, because uh, right now, if you're importing stuff uh, in the United Kingdom that comes from the US, you're most likely going to be paying some sort of tariff on that. And now, um, if, if there's a Brexit, and they don't cut a new deal, the U.S. Uh, might actually be playing on a more level playing field with the rest of its European competitors because mm. they'll also uh, be subject to those tariffs. Mm. And so in that sense, uh, there are some businesses in the U.S. That, that may benefit from this because their competitors are harmed. Uh, that's kind of the way to think about it. Yeah. I, I also wonder if you can put it in political context here mm -hmm. uh, in the United States. There, th This anti-EU... Um, uh, dynamic in Europe is driven by conservatives in in Britain, who a lot of people like to compare to the conservatives who support Donald Trump here in in the United States. What 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 should we make of this victory there, and what it might mean for politics here? So, I think what it suggests is that. Um, you know, it's it's certainly possible for you know long-standing you know international agreements to, in some sense, be be torn up, um, and for things to move very quickly. I mean, I know we've been talking about Brexit now for about four years, mm -hmm. uh, but this is still this is still fairly fast, and we're kind of looking like the UK might you know ultimately leave without you know any sort of re resolution. They'll just they'll just be out and things will change dramatically in about a year. Um, and so for, for U.S. politics or just sort of politics in general, um, I, I think what it suggests is one thing I, I mentioned earlier, which is that now that, you know, Pandora's box has been opened and, 
you know, the UK has, say, proven to some extent that, yes, you can leave, you know, one of these big trade agreements, um, it, it, it may embolden, to some extent, uh, politicians in other countries, including the United States, that, you know, we can, we, we can threaten to leave these agreements, and if we don't get what we want, um, we, we will leave, and, and they may feel like they're going to be better off. I'm not, uh, I'm definitely not convinced that's the case. Hmm. Um, but I think, uh, what it, what it does here in the United States is when Donald Trump threatens to say, you know, leave NAFTA if Congress doesn't pass his new, uh, U.S. Canada, Mexico agreement, you know, that threat is a little bit more credible than it once was because mm-hmm. we have examples of countries, you know, leaving trade agreements. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, it's kind of a, it's a weird way to do policy in the sense that it's kind of, you know, international policy through brinksmanship. Mm-hmm. Um, and businesses, you know, don't really like brinksmanship. They like <laughs> right. stability. They like predictability. And um, if all trade agreements become viewed as a little bit more temporary, not, not just for the United States, but worldwide, then their value is, is somewhat diminished. In our last conversation on the show, we were talking about the likelihood that after the impeachment trial, if Donald Trump is not removed, if he is perhaps elected to a second term even and serves another four years, the the likelihood that we could go back to reestablish some of the norms that he has broken, that he's kind of tossed aside. I, I also wonder, I think that's a good question for Europe and Britain. Is this something that could go back to the way it was at some point? Could Britain have a change of heart at some point and say, no, 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 we do want to be part of the EU uh, and, and, and rejoin? Is that, is that something that, uh, that, that is, is even possible? So I think it's possible, um, but I don't think it will happen very quickly. I mean, there's been... Uh, there's been a, a big sea change, I think, in how, you know, trade agreements uh, and immigration are viewed, and it, at least in the United States, and I think also in the UK, like, there's not a bipartisan consensus on, you know, uh, free trade and open borders. And they, in, in the US, you know, Donald Trump could lose the election in 2020, but we're not going to return to, you know, uh, an environment where you know we we don't have uh, a bunch of tariffs on Chinese goods, uh, and likewise, I think in the UK they could get a new prime minister, but it's it would be a very long process for the UK to rejoin the European Union, and mm. I, I don't think it's something that's likely to be reversed anytime soon. Mm. Okay, Kyle Hanley, Associate Professor of Business Economics and Public Policy at the Ross School of Business at the University of Michigan. It was really great to have you here for this conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Stephen. All right, that's going to do it for me this week. I will be back on Monday. I hope you will, too. We're going to have former Lieutenant Governor Brian Kelly join us to react to Governor Whitmer's plan to bond to pay for roads and talk about lots of other things. You're not going to want to miss that. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again next week.